When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. began i can't begin to knowing as the famous song goes sweet caroline england are into the quarterfinals after a 3-0 demolition job the joint biggest win they've had in a world cup knockout phase match since 2002 of course and 3-0 win over denmark and of course we've on a non-England slant, we've got France versus Poland to come as well. But mainly, it's all about the three lions, isn't it? Let's get stuck straight in to proceedings, shall we? So we are here every 5am at your behest with the World Cup 2022 daily podcast on YouTube, Sports Social Podcast Networks and at your request anywhere else where you want to get your podcast from and that is not anywhere else where you can get your content from us. Well we have got The World Cup Great Games podcast, that is the history of any fantastic game you could possibly wish to imagine from the history of the World Cup. That's over there on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash whatifootball. And we are on YouTube, of course, with Football Manager 2023 International Challenges, with Alternate Football Universes as well, with What If videos and of course on YouTube shorts with predictors and combined 11s 
But, 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 last 16. Day two, England versus Senegal. That is only, that is the only place we can start. And let us calm down a little bit. It's 3-0. It's a year ending in two. We all know what happened in 2002 when we came up against very good opposition in the quarterfinals, which... Let's not spoil the show for everybody. Will happen again, maybe. So let's breeze through it. Let's take our time. Let's not think we're all there and think we are winning the World Cup just yet. England 3, Senegal 0. And for England, Bukayo Saka was in for Marcus Rashford. Somewhat of a surprise. Raheem Sterling was out as well of the squad entirely. So perhaps it was Gareth Southgate's plan originally to revert to the wingers with Foden and Rashford out and Saka and Sterling in. What brought four points from the first two games of the group stages? Regardless for Senegal, Diata was in for Senegal and they played more of a 4-2-3-1. And if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we will do the Senegal bit first. Senegal were extremely dangerous. They had the closest chances in the first 35, 40 minutes. They were even a two-goal deficit. I think throughout the half, we can safely assume that Senegal were the better team in the first half. Boulay Diat was continually a threat for both Stones and Maguire, although they did mop up after his first initial chance. But second time round, John Pickford have, has to come to the uh, the rescue. And to be fair, you've got to deserve, if you're from a Senegalese persuasion, you have to say that they deserved the the, the first half lead, really. Not even not even the halftime break as a draw. They deserved the lead going into the first half break. England offered very, 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 very little. They dropped off considerably. There was no well, there was very little midfield dynamism. There wasn't there was, it's a lot of England playing in front of Senegal. And it, it did feel a lot of USA first half. Wales first half it felt a lot like to be fair if you're going to describe it to compare it to other countries as well it felt a lot like Argentina first half of their last 16 game it felt a lot like France's first half and that may well be the style going forward a lot of the bigger teams so-called waiting biding the time waiting picking off the opponent until they come at them until they feel necessary really and in an eerie sort of balance, really. France scored within between 35 and 45 minutes, so too did Argentina, so too did England. And if we're being honest about it, it was entirely the work of Jude Bellingham, it was entirely the work of Harry Kane as well. Harry Kane dropping deep, Jude Bellingham surging forward, and that is quite easily England's brightest proponent at this tournament so far. The fact that Jude Bellingham exists and he is breaking the lines, bursting between the lines, knitting together defence and attack. When when they are feeling a little bit turgid, they are feeling a little bit sort of two banks of four-ish, I guess, but not in, in that sort of sense. But they are feeling very strict in their ways. Jude Bellingham will burst through and he will provide... The pass on a plate for Jordan Henderson to get only his third international goal. Of course, the other, one of the other ones came in a European Championship quarterfinal against Ukraine. I'm sure you all remember that header. 
against Ukraine. But this one came in a last 16 against Senegal. And it was a beautifully worked counter-attack. And it was, it was England to a T in that first 35 minutes. Not really impressing sort of what we'll talk about with France later on. Moments football. Moments football. And that's exactly what England did. And they did it perfectly. Jude Bellingham breaks... Gives the ball to Jordan Henderson and he sweeps home the finish. And it seems as a 1-0 going into the second half. That is a fantastic lead. If you think about the entire play of the first half, 1-0 entirely, un entirely undeserved by England. But you'd take it, wouldn't you, really? And... Well, England just picked them off again. It was Jude Bellingham again, even though he was he, he won't get the assist. He won't get the assist. But for me, the assist entirely lays with Jude Bellingham because Senegal are dilly and dallying it with it in the uh, middle third. Jude Bellingham gets his head on it, starts a counter-attack, lays it off to Phil Foden, Phil Foden first-time pass into Harry Kane. And Harry Kane in front of goal... Well, you just know what's going to happen, even at international level. Bang, through the goalkeeper, 2-0. And that is really, if you're going to think about the balance of play, the entire play, an undeserved 2-0 lead, really, it's probably a fairly level first half, fairly even first half. And if you're going to take it to one team or the other, you're going to say that Senegal had the better of the first half quite easily, quite easily. It doesn't take anybody of a national bias persuasion to, to to take you one way or the other. Senegal probably had the better of the first half. That is quite easy to see. But with two swift moves, particularly the second one, they are beautifully well-worked team goals. And in terms of England, it is the perfect way to go about the first half, not really con constraining that much energy into the game. But then you go 2-0 up. And really, there is a verticality about England now. With Senegal, they're having to chase the game now. In between the first and second goal, you do see that a lot. England's verticality is entirely unsure. Senegal have to come out and play a little bit more, that extra little bit, and it does allow England into little bits and pieces. And Jude Bellingham, well, he was just a man of the match, wasn't he? He um, he doesn't provide the third goal for Bakayo Saka. Phil Foden doesn't, of course, and Phil Foden was excellent as well throughout. And it's, it's really just a testament of... Well, a testament to Gareth Southgate, let's be honest, he doesn't get that much credit for the talents of Jude Bellingham and Phil Foden. If people just think merely that the talents work for themselves, it is Jude Bellingham, it's Phil Foden, they can't work on their own. They are working to his tactics and they're working absolutely brilliantly together. Phil Foden provides a pass in for Bukayo Saka, again, another wonder kid, really, let's be honest with ourselves, and a lovely dinked finish. And to be fair, England, by that time, it was home and hosed. And now we're in 3-0. It is the absolute perfect time to get the goal. Perfect way to see the game out as well. Because you see Argentina 2-1 against Australia. You see you see France 3-1 against Poland. They don't see the game out. America um, losing 3-1 to the Netherlands as well. They don't see the game out either. So England are the only team with a clean sheet in this knockout phase so far. They are quite frankly put it, going about things the perfect way. Clean sheets in the knockout phase game, well, 
that is exactly how you do things on an international level, on a World Cup level. And if you think about how well we'd go about things in the not-too-distant past against, if we're honest, tricky, tricky, tricky opponents. All England's opponents between the group phase and the last 16 so far have come between 15th and 20th in the world. So you've got USA in the top band of that. You've got Senegal 18th, Wales in 19th and uh, Iran in 20th. So they're all the vague sense of um, similar opposition. Of course, the opposition to come are a whole different breed to that. And England will have to change things absolutely dramatically. But in terms of the midfield, I think England have got a good thing going along. Henderson won't be the fashionable choice in that midfield three, but it's working at the minute. Bellingham is in that sort of Mason Mount void in that sort of number eight, number 10 will work, will run, will run your socks off really. And Kyle Walker is that right back. Of course, we're going to need that against Kylian Mbappe. Whether or not, whether or not uh, Gareth Southgate tends to work towards a three-at-the-back system. We don't know yet, of course. But if he does, then Kyle Walker in at right centre-half, Trippier, right wing-back, and then you've got um, you've got Jude Bellingham, of course. He has to stay in the team now because he's been absolutely phenomenal. I think, I don't think it's hyperbole, but player of the tournament so far for England, one of the players of the tournament, Golden, I think he's up for the Golden Ball. If England go all the way to the final or go at least to the semi-final, Jude Bellingham should be up for the Golden Ball. I don't think that's any way of bias or anything like it. I think he's just been that good. Obviously, the goal helps, the numerous assists, the pre-assists, and just getting England forward, particularly in this game, which England found, let's be fair, England found this first half, first 30, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, very, very, very tough. And it took a lot of breaking down from Senegal. And it took a lot of transitional movements, yes, but England found a way somewhere and um, at the heart of a lot of those transitional movements, those counter-attacks, was a midfielder like Jude Bellingham, which I think he, he has to stay, regardless of a change of shape. If they say the same shape, of course, you'll probably see the same midfield. Of course, with Bellingham now taking up Mason Mount's spot, of course, it used to be Rouse, Rice, Bellingham, and then Mount. Now it's likely going to be Rice, Henderson, then Bellingham. It, it can't be anything but. Now, obviously, the, the two winger positions are firmly up for grabs. I didn't think that Bukayo Saka had a, an excellent game despite grabbing the goal. Mar Marcus Rashford didn't really imprint his in, imprint on the game, but then again, the game was over by the time he got onto the pitch. Phil Foden, I thought, was excellent as ever. Harry Kane, I don't think he should be... Well, he, he's dropping off for the first goal. It will, it'll go unnoticed largely. But uh, he's dropping off for the first goal, laying off for Jude Bellingham, and then obviously the bombing on for the goal. Harry Kane makes that goal. Let's not beat ourselves around the bush. Harry Kane makes that goal just as Jude Bellingham makes the second goal and just as um, the third goal is created by Phil Foden. Harry Kane has a lot to do about all of the goals. Jude Bellingham as well has a lot to do with all of the goals. And to put it simply, Jude Bellingham, Harry Kane, our two most important players so far. But... We have got another game to talk about in this podcast. And it is, of course, France versus Poland. The winner takes on England in Saturday's headline fixture, which should be another absolutely fantastic day of World Cup football. Regardless, let us get stuck straight in. Let us get stuck straight into France versus Poland. I'll leave you in much steadier 
much more sober hands of, oh, yeah, it's Jake Doyle. It's me. It's me. I'll see you in about hmm, five seconds. See you later. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. And we are going to cover the earlier game of the last 16 day. Duh as it is France versus Poland, i.e. France 3, Poland 1. And Le Bleu reverted to the team that beat Denmark, so that means really that the the nine changes that they made in defeat to Tunisia, the match I, that really didn't matter, um, were all cancelled and France went back to their strongest 11. Meanwhile, Poland brought in Kaminski and Szymanski into that midfield, and really the... Uh, Quite a lot of the, the story going into this contest wasn't around France. It was more about Poland, weirdly enough. And could they add to their five shots on target, which is a, a World Cup low that before this contest, Poland shared with Canada. And um, immediately their plan was obvious. Low block, 4-5-1, spoil the game, long ball, all the kind of stuff that um, they have been... Criticised for in the group stages, not really providing too much. I felt they were amongst the, probably the poorest team to have uh, qualified because even in in their defensiveness, Australia did quite well and performed quite well. Poland, on the other hand, not so much. So it could have been quite the uh, quite the obliteration here. And in terms of the three last sixteen ties that I've seen yet, remember um, we'll be recording the the England half of the show. A little bit later on after the, that game, so it may sound completely different to this. I may sound upbeat and excited for that game, where in actuality, I should be heading into crippling despair, regardless. Um, Poland were defensively very narrow with the wing back, the wingers, or the that, to be fair, they're not wingers, were they really? They were the wide midfielders. They were dropping in. Gregos Krachowiak was dropping in too. When in, re in reality, they needed to get players closer to Lewandowski that's where they faltered against Argentina defensively they were they were okay barring two miraculous moments from um, Argentina in the prior game um, the only problem was going forward they were an absolute sham um, they did 
perform a little better at that, I suppose, this time round, but uh, nowhere near the calibre to uh, of disposing a, of a, an elite World Cup team like this French one that they uh, they came off. Uh, came up against really. Um, whenever there was a break, at least in the first half, there was there were nowhere near enough numbers forward for the poles. Um, they did try to press press France and harass them, as, as I should have said, uh, when France went backwards. Well, that was, those were very rare moments. I thought Hugo Lloris did look very wobbly, and I felt that though felt as though they could have um, could have got at him, but they, they never really um, tried to. There wasn't as much individualism from midfield as I would have liked from Poland. Um, yes, collectively, defensively, they were okay, barring, uh, again, one or two fantastic moments from uh, from those in French. And to be fair, the first French goal was a, a defensive um, shutdown, really, a bit of a, uh, a brain-dead moment from a couple of those trying to step up and play offside when the rest weren't. Um, and that's exactly why Poland are heading off on the next flight home. There wasn't individualism going forward from... Zielinski, which you may expect, he wasn't getting forward nearly as much as you would have would have liked as the sort of secondary tertiary hero for Poland, really, in the outfield positions anyway. Um, Kaminski, I felt, did okay. Um, the final ball, though, was off all afternoon, all evening for the Poles. Um, Lewandowski had Poland's first shot on goal, 20th minute, um, but a 30 yard and nonetheless that fizzed harmlessly wide. They did have a good spell off the back of that, the later stages of the uh, of the first half and a, a middle stage of the second half. I felt Poland did quite well, probably played their best football of the tournament yet, but I mean, it was nowhere near up to scratch in order to get the win here to progress to a, a first last eight for uh, Poland since the, the 1980s, uh, 1982. It would have been. Um, there was obviously always the uh, the tinging of doom of a French counterattack, especially when there's one killing Mbappe up front. And he, to be fair, it was Man Dembele as well was doing quite well off the ball um, in terms of uh, winning back possession as well. And before the goal, Poland went the closest. Really, there was a, the three shots on target in five seconds compared to five throughout three other games, which is uh, quite ridiculous. Really, Zielinski, of course. Uh, thwarted by Hugo Lloris and then a defender and then I think it was, may have been Kaminsky then following up which was uh, desperately blocked off the line by the uh, recovering defender may have been Upamecano there and um, of course two defensive clearances off the line France were kind of lucky to be uh, to be going into the first half uh, break with a lead really off the back of that and considering that the um, whilst they did probably they probably did look a little bit sharper than Argentina did the prior night um, but it was uh, a similar sort of game, first half-wise anyway. France, it was all about regaining momentum after that Tunisian defeat, uh, albeit with a completely changed team. They did start slowly in order to figure Poland out. Ousmane Dembele was very narrow, Griezmann dropping in into that number false eight role, really, that is um, sort of been showcased in all tournament, really. And I felt Dembele was pressing kind of well, and he created a chance for him all on himself, really, um, off a poor Polish pass out. There were a couple of those, especially down the left for uh, for Poland, as the um, the, the defence couldn't get out Berezinski as well. And um, it, it was, it, they just weren't punished really by the French in the first half um, and it was Giroud at the back post missing a sitter he was on for his French national scoring record of course and uh, of course he would get that thanks to that lapse in concentration that we mentioned earlier from the Polish defence 
It was Mbappe versus Matty Cash down the down the right hand side for Poland. Always a chance when you've got Mbappe in the team. But to be fair, I felt Matty Cash handled him quite well. Obviously, they've got the two goals late on when Poland were going for it, and really the only time in the in the tournament really where they've gone for it. Um, barring really one move against Saudi Arabia and that's really about it from them um, it's a sad way to go out but uh, yeah Matty Cash was only um, hindered by killing Mbappe when he was uh, tasked with more attacking responsibilities like he is for his club Aston Villa and of course as soon as that broke down that defensive structure the counter allowed Mbappe very obvious threat to score a second then a third Two very good goals, you've got to say. Uh, maybe the goalkeeper didn't cover himself in glory with a third one, but Wojciech well, Szczesny has, had a, uh, has been really the, the one shining light for Poland in this entire tournament, of course, with the two penalty saves, um, which I'm, I'm pretty sure has to be a record in terms of two penalty saves in open play. Um, yeah, probably the one of the uh, Polish players who can hold their head high from this um, from this entire tournament. Really, Mbappe was getting so little change out of cash, which is a horrible phrase, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, he was coming up central a lot in the first half out of frustration. And whilst he wasn't getting too much joy, I felt Usman Dembele performed better on terms of wide areas. He just wasn't able to get into the areas in terms of finishing a cross off from Mbappe or a Giroud or Theo Hernandez. Um, but coming in centrally allowed Mbappe to perform quite a, quite a simple pass to Olivier Giroud, who finished it with that lovely little bounce off into the turf, which is fairly deliberate, um, which saw Chesney beating all ends up. And with that, Giroud is on 52 French goals, one ahead of Thierry Henry. But you feel as though in the next 12, 18 months, Mbappe will beat his record pretty quickly if he's going to score for fun as he has been doing at this World Cup so far. Favourite for the Golden Boot just as I switched my Golden Boot allegiances from Lataro Martinez to Richarlison. <laughs> and yeah, that's typical really of my entire betting career. Anyway, Poland, well, the question was, could they get into this into the second half? They had some good chances, to be fair, in the second half as they tried to uh, as they tried to push forward. Kaminsky had a chance deflected wide before we even got to half time. France, they didn't really deal with Poland in so in terms of controlling them. They always let a few chances breeze through, sieve through into the uh, into the danger zone, as we saw towards the end of the first half. But with Poland coming more open. Milik coming on in uh, more of a 4-4-2. It obviously allowed Mbappe to score those two goals on the counter-attack. And that was Poland's race run. So perhaps the uh, the manager there was uh, correct to have them as dour, obdurate as they have been throughout the um, the entire tournament. Albeit they did show a lot more than they did in the group. Still wasn't enough, of course, despite the, uh, despite the late penalty from Robert Lewandowski, which um, I suppose ends his tournament on a high note. He scored two goals, albeit one from the penalty spot. He missed a penalty as well. Well, he missed the first one here, but uh, Loris was about five yards off the line, thinking he was still in 2003 with Dida um, coming, off the, <laughs> coming off the line like an absolute maniac. Um, and yeah, the first goal he got against Saudi Arabia, Again, it was capitalising more on Saudi Arabian defensive errors rather than any fluid Polish moves. And really, Poland, they should be of the ilk of Switzerland, Serbia. So if dark horses could always get a job done, kind of look 
somewhat um, attacking fluid-wise, but they're not. They just they just aren't, and they haven't been. Despite obviously, this is a somewhat of an achievement getting through to the last sixteen. Here, uh, it's their first last sixteen in a uh, World Cup since nineteen eighty six. Their first major tournament knockout stage match since a penalty shootout defeat to Portugal at Euro twenty sixteen. Of course, and for France, well, they move on to a quarter final against England against Senegal. Delete as appropriate as I've. Uh, as I've not watched that match yet, it is around half past five and the pub is calling. Anyway, France, it was, um, again, like Denmark, like the Denmark game. I felt it was fairly similar. Moments football, and when you've got Kylian Mbappe, those moments are a lot easier to come by. And if they are to win the World Cup, if they are to retain the World Cup, as the likes of Giuseppe Miazza did in the 1930s with Italy, as the likes of Garincha and Vava did in 1962 with Brazil... They're going to need moments like those types of players created for Italy and Brazil, respectively. Mbappe is quite clearly of that calibre to be able to do that. And, of course, with that, wins tournaments. And France are playing the type of football that will win you a tournament. I do have a slight reservation about them able, unable to uh, control Poland at times. And when they come up against an opposition, really, and they've not come up against a top opposition yet, um, but I fear as the fear that they will do, they will get found out a little bit when they come up against that opposition. Maybe England are that, but when you have got Kylian Mbappe, you've always got a threat. So very much sitting on the fence for me and predicting France's fortunes moving forward. And moving forward, we'll preview today's last 16 games. We've got Brazil versus South Korea. We have got Japan versus Croatia. Join us after this short break. <laughs> Welcome back. So today's games, Brazil versus South Korea and Japan versus Croatia. Let's start off with Brazil versus South Korea. Now, Brazil are, of course, without Gabriel Jesus, without Alex Tellez, who both missed the tournament and uh, Chiche having to uh, bat off suggestions that uh, Gabriel Jesus was injured going into the Cameroon match, of course. Now, this could be um, a, bit of a, a bit of a blow to Brazil, although Alex Tellez, I don't think, covered himself all that much in glory against Cameroon. Neymar is desperate to get back to full fitness. And this could be somewhat of an emotional Brazilian side, of course, with the uh, horrific news that uh, Pele is uh, being in palliative care, which could be a burden for what could be an emotional Brazil. Um, thankfully, they they may think um, they are up against South Korea. It could have been a um, very different opposition from uh, minute to minute with uh, Group H's final day from Ghana to Uruguay and, of course, South Korea here. South Korea, the, you've got to think they've got to risk Huang Hee Chan's fitness after that last-minute Portugal goal, maybe um, 45 minutes out of him, maybe, from the start. Who knows? Um, it's probably it's the second biggest disparity in terms of world ranking that we've seen in this last 16, the biggest being Argentina versus Australia. I'm looking forward to seeing what Kim Jin Soo does. Um, one of my favourites may be able to uh, unlock that uh, Brazilian defensive line down the uh, left-hand side for South Korea, and maybe in turn that could leave South Song Hyun Min with um, a bit of a target in between the uh, Brazilian lines. It'll be uh, quite interesting to see what uh, Chiche does. I think he'll be... He won't be as gung-ho as what he was in the in the opening game against Serbia. I think we'll see more of that 4-2-4, the, well, 
it's probably a four three three, but in real in real terms, four two four, especially if Neymar's playing. Um, which you, you've got to hope that he does because you know big names, big stage, and uh, you want all the big uh, big names playing, don't you? Especially like Huang Hee Chang and Song Hyun Min for South Korea, and of course Kim Min Jae, who, who might maybe a doubt after coming off and uh, not playing in the uh, previous game. So hopefully he's back to the uh, the last sixteen as well. Um, and we move on to Japan versus Croatia, where. Japan, they've never got to a last 16, and Croatia, once they get out of the World Cup group stages, they tend to get to a semi-final, of course, 1998. They got through at their very first go at World Cup football. Of course, for some, it wasn't. They played for played in the Yugoslav team in 1990, but they then got to the semi-finals, beat the Netherlands to a bronze medal if they existed at the World Cup, which they don't. And, um, of course, 2018, when they reached their very first final. And in between, you've got the group stage exits at the hands of Italy and Mexico, although for Croatia, more so in losing to Ecuador, so they couldn't get their spot in the last 16. 2006, the famous 2-2 draw of Australia and the three yellow cards from from, uh, from Graham Paul there, and in 2014 we had the uh, the defeat to Mexico and um, heading out in a group with Brazil and Cameroon also in it. So pretty much this game can be defined by one sentence: Croatia like possession, Japan don't like it. Both are well, both have been as successful as one another. Both escaped incredibly tricky groups. Japan, of course, it has to be said, pulling off two of the biggest shocks in the entire tournament, beating Germany and Spain. And it's not so much the result that is the shock, it's more so being 1-0 down at half time, which if they go down 1-0, maybe even 2-0 in this game, they won't fear it because they've come from behind against what they'll see as stronger opposition in the past. So maybe that could be the case here today. Um, three of Japan's four goals have been scored by substitutes. Of course, both in the uh, both in the second match, both in the uh, first match rather, and in the third match we had um, again another goal scored by uh, by a substitute in Ritsu Doan as well. So if things aren't going Japan's way in the first hour, they won't mind too much. I think this is what going to be one which. Um, We'll go the distance. We'll go 120 minutes. We may even see the fabled penalty shootouts. I hope we see plenty of penalty shootouts, just none for those in, in uh, English, white or red. Um, and as I'm saying that, I am fully aware that we may have already had one with them involved. So I'll leave you for the time being with hopefully an England win or an England defeat. Um, we'll see which one it is um tomorrow maybe i'll be in a less chippier mood uh, going into the uh, going into the third day of the last 16 but there we are we'll be back with those two games brazil japan croatia south korea all in tomorrow's show so thank you very much for watching for listening and until next time see up the three lions Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.